Welcome to What Has My Attention, and this is your host, John Beethan. My apologies for this episode coming out so late. It's really been an interesting month, to say the least. And we've been very busy at imaginepodcasting.com. But today I'm joined by three women in strong leadership. And I've had Janie Jackson on before. She was on episode four at allmavensbrandedpodcast.com, which I'll link in the show notes. That episode was titled, Develop Your Team, Make the Relationships and Connections Strong and Lasting. And I asked Janie to come back and bring a few women to talk about leadership. So along with Janie, today we have Abigail Jones and Michelle Love Chambly. You'll find their contact information in the show notes, along with links to a couple of recommended books to read, How Women Decide and Beyond Leaning In. And having people around you that are leaders that are thinking of others, not just themselves. I think that when you, you know, have selfish reasons on why you want to be a leader or why you want to move up, it's not going to help anyone around you and it's not going to grow anyone around you. So I've had experiences that were very poor with leaders above me that were just not willing to share their um, knowledge, um, experience, and were just looking to see what they could do to make themselves look good. And I've been also in environments where our leaders are just amazing and they have a heart that spreads across the whole team and they really genuinely care and they're inspiring within that because they care. So I think support systems within teams and leaders is really important. And this is what has my attention. So, Janny, Abigail, and Michelle, welcome to What Has My Attention. Thank you. Happy yeah. to be here. Thank um, you. Right off the top, um, I wanted to mention that Janny and I have known each other quite a while now, both at the Chamber of Commerce. And I had her on All Mavens Branded Podcast, Episode 4, which um, I wanted to mention it because it was titled Develop Your Team, Make the Relationships and Connections Strong and Lasting. It was an interview, but it was a really wonderful conversation. So It really was a fun conversation. Yeah, so we'll do the same here today. But I asked Janny, you know, I told her I was doing this whole series on women in strong leadership, and I invited her to reach out to some women in strong leadership, that would be you, so that we could have an open conversation about that. And uh, there weren't basically any questions really prepared or what that at least you were prepared for. But I'm always, always concerned, not concerned, but curious about women's perspective as it, as it comes to leadership. So, you know, I, I just like to know everybody's view of leadership. And Janie, we can start with you and maybe talk about how you know Abigail and Michelle. Wonderful. So, uh, Michelle... I, I have known her since she was born, 
because oh, really? she is my niece. Oh, and great. She also has been interning with me at Develop Your Team for the past year or so. And I have so enjoyed watching Michelle in her career and how she's taken on various leadership roles and navigated them and, and her own personal growth. And I have known Abigail actually probably just for about a year, um, but Abigail's with Cairn Leadership Strategies and I've been able to participate in different programs that 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 organization has put on and I just think that the way Abigail thinks about leadership is just fascinating and phenomenal and she really has um, she just really reflects on it and thinks about it and and watches how things are applied and I love hearing her perspective I can't wait to hear from everybody so there was a question about how you view leadership. So let's take a round on that one. And it doesn't, I'm not going to go around and call people's, you know, call people necessarily, but uh, so you can just, whoever's like up for talking about that would be great. Can I start by asking you a question, John? Of yes. What about uh, getting, hearing from women on leadership is important to you about hearing from women on leadership? Well, you know, you can tell from some of the books behind me, but I follow Brene Brown closely. I follow Simon Sinek. And uh, there was a podcast actually with both of them recently. It was just incredible. So I just think there's a lot of stereotypes and a lot of assumptions about what leadership is. I always like to come from the perspective of beginner's mind. And I'm aware that because somebody's in a position of authority does not mean that they have any kind of leadership going on whatsoever. Definitely. Yeah. And I, you know, I follow a lot of other people too. Kara Swisher is one of the big ones um, because, you know, she is really good at outing a whole lot of men in positions of authority that really stink at leadership, including Mark Zuckerberg. I'm not too involved <laughs> yeah. in Facebook because I do not approve of his behavior nor his business model. Is that helpful? It is, yeah. And I'd like okay. to comment more if that Please. works for everyone. Um, mm -hmm. I appreciate what you're saying in terms of uh, acknowledging the the different qualities of leadership and to me leadership has to be earned similar to what you're saying not just given as a formal role it really comes from true leadership is when people are internally intrinsically choosing to follow another human being because of their visionary inspirational qualities that they will go out on a limb sacrifice what may be important to them in in lieu in favor of a bigger cause that this leader is putting forward. So at a simple level, leadership is somebody who can influence change and progress and direct energy and attention towards a vision or a mission. And I appreciate what you're saying in terms of 
the distinction I've been reading a lot about is between IQ and EQ. And um, in particular, we know that emotional intelligence uh, is a learned and learnable skill, the different competencies underneath emotional intelligence is, and that you need to be able to inspire from the bottom up in order to be a true, um, to, to create sustainable change with people who are following with heart, not just because they were told to do so. Nice. I'm actually tomorrow releasing an episode with Lisa Pachance and Jess Lilly, and it's titled Women in Strong Leadership Lead with Love. Hmm. I mean, that's kind of like the essence, really, in my, my, my perspective. Yeah. I have more to say, but I want to also hear from Michelle. I, I, I have that. I can tell you have a lot to say. <laughs> huh? So I believe having a really good support system and having people around you that are leaders that are thinking of others, not just themselves. Um, I think that when you, you know, have selfish reasons on why you want to be a leader or why you want to move up, it's not going to help anyone around you and it's not going to grow anyone around you. So I've had experiences that were very poor with leaders above me that were just not willing to share their um, knowledge, um, experience, and were just looking to see what they could do to make themselves look good. And I've been also in environments where our leaders are just amazing and they have a heart that, you know, spreads across the whole team and they really genuinely care and they're inspiring within that because they care. So I think support systems within teams and leaders is really, um, really important. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I love how, you know, what you're talking about really captures the concept of servant leadership and that idea that the the leader is there and this is this is how i see it the leader is there to make it so that everybody else can do what they need to do to move the organization forward so if i'm in a leadership position how can i make sure that people have the resources and the skills and you know everything that they need so that they can succeed and um yeah that that just makes everything work better. <laughs> I love what you're saying about it's it's almost in contrast when I think of leadership presence at the outright sort of what I was talking about you think of this charismatic figurehead of a leader but I truly believe that if you're creating a culture where people can take ownership and there's a um, leading from a back of the bus type of mentality as you're saying Michelle that that's when an organization can move forward and that energy and information is spread in such a way where people can utilize their strengths, that's true leadership where you're actually making yourself smaller. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, to me, like one of the, the best experiences in a leadership role is when the people who 
have reported to me get to advance above me, you know, whether it's in that same organization or something else, but, but um, if I can take a small part in helping that person with their development so that they can do even more and surpass anything that I can do, that's, that's a huge win. It's kind of where I'm at. And I mean, Jenny knows in July of 2020, I started Imagine Podcasting. And previous to that, I was like solo podcast producer for like, I don't know, 16 years or something. And so it's now it's been about putting together a team. And, uh, you know, for the first time in my passion for podcasting, I'm like, I can't wait to get out of all the stuff that I don't that is not about either building the business or supporting others. In other words, producing other independent podcasts. So I totally agree with you in terms of supporting others. And also more importantly, supporting others who support others. Like if you're at the top of a some sort of um, corporate structure or something, you know, I feel like it's a responsibility in leadership to um, be supportive and of those people that are in charge of other people as well, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sitting here thinking that before we started the recording, we were talking about perspective of leadership as a woman. But what I'm really getting now is, is that it's just leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are at an interesting point as a company in can leadership strategies where we bring leaders both at executive and director level typically that are to come out on weekend adventures and they're coming from different companies. And we have ones that are exclusively for executives and ones one a year that's exclusively for women. But we find that the multi-generational and the mixed gender events are the most powerful. And Mm. we're more interested in talking about leadership generally and not breaking it down because there we sh- the conversation can then shift to just be talking about leadership and there's a value in getting women together and creating that space and that platform to have conversations that wouldn't happen if there's a man in the group so yeah i'm feeling the the we call it tensegrity between these two opposites that we're at a moment when we need both but i am with you, John, in terms of let's talk about leadership. Yeah. So I, I have to ask, so what's what ha- what happens that's different? What's different when it's just a woman's group and no men are allowed, so to speak? What what happens that's different? You know, and now now we just segued back into, you know, <laughs> segregation essentially. But um, what's I'm just curious, what's different? Yeah, having that homogeny, I think, opens up a space. So we just had a San Jacinto Women's Leadership Summit. So we hiked to the top of a 10,000-foot peak here in Southern California. And women came from engineering background. One woman runs a team of seven op- and the operations on a farm. There was, a, there was a lot of conversations, but in particular, the a younger woman engineer talked with the older woman engineer about operating in a male-dominated society and what it means to have had uh, a coworker uh, solicit her for months at a time to go on a date 
for instance, and to mm. um, to engage in ways that are inappropriate for work. And she, we we asked her later, and she said, "I shared this because it was all women, and I wouldn't have done so if there was a male in the room because I want to steer the conversation and keep it to be more general and more neutral and more safe." So there's mm. a psychological safety in just mm-hmm. sharing because I can. Um, I gather it's because there's a kinship, there's a, you may have had this experience too, so I feel open enough to share it. Whereas I'm assuming, John, that you may not have had such an experience, which is an assumption as well. And, and a, one that we're looking to get away from because it happens both ways. But I think that because there's just a, a predominance of of that happening, at least that we know of, it just tends to speed up the conversation with which people, with which women open up about male in particular conflicts or um, issues at work. Well, I'm looking forward and it's part of my vision where the separation no longer exists, Mm -hmm. but there is a lot of work to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's so much, built into the culture that we're not even aware of. And it made me think about a book, the book that you uh, gave me, Abigail, How Women Decide mm-hmm. by Therese Houston. And in the very introduction of that book, she talked about you know this, this aspect of making decisions. And when a man makes a decision, he typically just makes the decision. You get all the information and and you make the choice. When women make decisions, they do that too. But then there's this other component because there's an expectation that they're also going to be judged about the decision they made. And that's from a whole lifetime of experience of that sort of, that extra layer of judgment. And I think in that, that like the Women's Leadership Summit, I think that comes into play also that women are, they, they feel um, more comfortable opening up about their opinions and their ideas because that one le- layer of, of judgment or expectation of judgment is not there. Mm. Now, there's a whole other thing about the way women judge each other some at times, but when you create the the atmosphere and that safe space, then less likely to have that. Yes. Yeah. I'm actually pretty well known when my podcast studio was open before COVID of just holding safe space. That's, I feel, all any of us need to do. And uh, I think a lot of that came from living 24 years in Santa Fe, New Mexico, where I was a, uh, um, well, there was just a whole lot of American Indians and a whole lot of Hispanics and quite a few Mexicans. And I was, you know, a minority. I really learned that in a Catholic city like Santa Fe is, that it is strong matriarch. In Sundays, everything's closed down, and it's all about family. 
bring it on. Tell me more. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here to learn. I really am. Okay. Hold safe space and learn. That's kind of where I'm at. I like how um, Abigail was talking about um, with the most powerful experiences with was with having both men and women um, in the experience that you provided. I think that when I like the fact that women, when they're together, they can express certain things that maybe they cannot with men. But if they have the confidence to speak on everything that they want to say in a forum of just women, as well as with men, and the men are open, as well as the women, but the men are open to hearing and experience, that it's going to be a much stronger, um, you know, event for everyone because they're going to learn, they're going to hear things and maybe put away some of those biases, you know, you like, you know, childcare for women are bringing up childcare issues or, you know, whatever it is um, that men don't just push that aside and say, well, that's something that, you know, we assume is going to happen with women. They're going to have issues with their children. They're going to have this and they'll just figure it out. But really like understanding and and hearing what women have to say. And it's not just about those challenges. It's like the whole entire, you know, life situation, you know, like we said before, you know, sometimes men just need to focus on what they're doing outside of the home. Their focus isn't necessarily just on what's happening with their family. It's just, they can focus on their business where women have all of that going on. No. Yeah, I think as much as we can involve and have uh, give everyone instances of conversations about all types of issues going on. So you can hear from a woman who's dealing with the same kind of challenge that a man is in terms of a new supervisor role. Like that's the commonality that they're sharing then. And then, for instance, my teammate and business partner, he's the sole, he's the main child provider for his three-year-old so he's sharing in the the parental responsibilities and the conversations about the struggle of running a business and being a parent and so it's that complexity and that diversity that gets opened up when we do include everyone in the conversation and don't separate so I'm glad we all share in this philosophy and I think it's forward moving of us to acknowledge the differences, but as much as we can build on the strengths of where we see common ground and, and let ourselves be surprised. I think that's the biggest way we can do this. John, you asked a question, the name of your podcast is What Has My Attention? And there's a, a book and a, a podcast called Beyond Leaning In that I was recommended to and focusing on there's an episode in particular called mental mental autocomplete and thinking about where we fill in the blanks. And I did this yesterday at my dog's surgeon. I was talking to the vet tech about he can he call me after the surgery is complete? They correct, no, she, right? And it's just, it's so funny. We just autocomplete these. And when we can catch ourselves um, in the moment, it's it's a delightful surprise, but letting ourselves be open to to living as if we are a question mark. I had a teacher say that to me 
recently. And that is just that willingness to be surprised, that curiosity about what do I not know about this person? What am I assuming here? And mm. what can I learn? Those sorts of questions, I think, is what's going to help us have productive conversations and see across differences, how we are. It kind of does require being present. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it brings up the conversation about mindfulness. Yeah, I think that that idea of recognizing how much we make assumptions is really important. And just, yeah, learning, learning to recognize that, I guess it, it kind of fits into the whole category of unconscious bias also. I've told this story before, but I love to fill in the blanks in you know, whatever's going on with, with people or, you know, watching a movie or, you know, I love coming in halfway through and figuring out what already happened. And the, the problem is that like in movies, it kind of follows a pattern. And if you come in at the end, you can piece it together. So it makes sense. But when you're dealing with real people, you have no idea you know, I have no idea what their experience and background and situation is or why they're doing what they're doing. And if I make assumptions about it and then act based on that, what I've learned once I learned to start asking people more questions is that my assumptions are almost always wrong. Yep. <laughs> because, they, you know, that might apply to me, but that's, we don't have all the same experience. I, in podcasting, I, I teach my clients four words. Tell me your story. Mm. So I could ask each, you know, I could ask Michelle and Abigail and Jenny, I think I know your story, but then I probably don't. <laughs> I could assume it, but it's, it's really a good question to just ask and then just be silent. Mm -hmm. So I thought we were talking about leadership. What happened? <laughs> it's all about leadership, all, right? All about leadership. Yeah. Because, I mean, leadership is not necessarily about your role at work. It's who you are and how you interact with other people and interact with the world and yourself. You know, how, how am I a leader for myself? And mm -hmm. I don't know if this is even going to make any sense, but, you know, like what strategies might I use or how might I think about the world so that I can help myself move forward? Hmm. So how do you answer the question? <laughs> well, it kind of goes back to mindfulness. I think in part and reflection. So taking that, that time to just be quiet and think or not even purposefully think, but creating the space, I think is hugely valuable. And mm -hmm. it's, it's easy for me to just go, 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 go. Like I have to be intentional about creating that space. And, you know, that's, that's when 
I will tend to have insights about what happened or, you know, why something happened, why I did this or that, why did I make this choice? And taking that time to think about it in that way then can give me the opportunity to maybe, you know, be happy about how I did that or think about, oh, how might I approach this differently the next time? Yep. One of my latest ahas, and I often have a, I had it yesterday morning, where I wake up in the morning with a aha. I don't know if this happens to you guys, but, mm-hmm. and it's, to me, it's a very sacred thing. The big long story behind it, but this happened about a month ago where I simply asked the question, how, how is it people learn? And when I ask people the question, most people say through your experience or something similar to that. But what I came to discover, which was, is that it is the contemplation of the, your experience when you learn. Yeah. Abigail, just butt yeah, right I mean, in girl. I mean, don't ask me twice. This it, it's experiential learning cycle of how we learn best. That's been a fundamental question of if we think of progress and leadership, it's really learning. And we know our brains learn best not by just doing, but we mm-hmm. have to have that reflection time to to codify our memories into from short term into long term to make sense of what's happening and take that time to absorb. And it's countercultural in a lot of ways to reflect. So, and to be quiet and take that contemplative time. I appreciate that word, John. You can see that I like to act and do and try, but it's not sustainable. Would you say a, a recommended quality or something of a leader would be to, for God's sakes, take time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And make space. Mm. I want to ask everyone, um, Janie's, this will be a flashback for you, but uh, regarding leadership, can you think about a time in, when you started to get involved in leadership where something was defining in your life that where kind of like the switch went on for this whole thing of leadership? A defining moment in your life, one, two, or three, it could be just one. I'll give you an example. Years ago, somebody, I don't know where I found this, but it's like, oh, are you a leader? It's real simple to find out. All you got to do is turn around and see if anybody's following, you know? And so I just kind of played with that for a while, but it was fairly defining for me. That took me down kind of the road of, ah, what is, what is this thing called leadership? I think if I wouldn't mind jumping in, Please. um, Kind of my aha moment was when I was working for Clean Jumper Restaurants at the time. And I was just running around doing my serving shift. And my service manager said, Michelle, have you ever thought about being a service manager? And I kind of stopped literally plates in hand just and went, I don't know. But I think the fact that you know, that whole time someone had thought I could do that. Mm. And I had always been a follower and never really considered myself a leader. I mean, I was a trainer at the time and I, you know, could do that. But a manager, I never 
considered myself in that position. So when someone kind of recognized that in me, a light switch went on Mm. and I started thinking, yeah, I could totally do this. So I think someone, um, you know, helping and building that confidence then makes you really turn around and see what you're capable of. Mm -hmm. Very nice. That insight, it it reminds me of the confidence code and thinking on the courage, competence, confidence loop. It takes somebody stepping out on a limb and saying, I see you to build that internal courage. And then you can, it propels you towards competence and then confidence in this way, I think. That's similar as what's happened to me, but it's great to hear your story. Yeah, I was, I was going to say I had, I, I think, a similar experience. And this was, oh, a really long time ago. Um, and I was at Farmers Insurance and I started out there doing data entry on the night shift. And I, I don't remember exactly, you know, when this was in that sequence, but, but that was the job that I had. And... Um, the manager came to me and, and, you know, just sat down and had a conversation with me about where did I want to go? And I I mean, I was freshman in college (laughs) and this was my part-time job that I was doing and just having that conversation to get me thinking about, oh, I, there could be a path (laughs) and I could do things that take on, you know, that involve more responsibility that that kind of got me started, you know, and then even the first supervisor job I had there, which was not that much later after that, the job that I was doing, the supervisor position opened and none of the people who were more qualified than me wanted to apply for it. And so I just said, oh, well, I guess you know, somebody needs to do it, I'll, I'll apply for it. And that kind of set me, <laughs> set me off on the leadership journey. Mm. I, I had a similar experience. I can think of two mentors who identified me as um, in different contexts. One at the University of California, San Diego, the research principal investigator asked about do you want to be this the community wellness research lead and that was that title gave me this sense of all right i will step up i will rise same role similar responsibilities rather but that title was an interesting shift for me and somebody above me naming me as that um was a step in that direction and a another fella who i was hired on to do some Uh, yoga teaching for a mindfulness conference for educational leaders and he sort of named me as part of this team who was teaching mindful awareness research at UC LA and they were these big hitter mindfulness teachers and I was just a a newish yoga teacher but for him to incorporate me into that sort of mindfulness team then I we went on to develop um, workshops in mindfulness and I got trained in comedy, improv comedy to teach mindfulness. And we went on to do more work 
because he saw me as a leader and, and sort of invested in me that way. So um, titles are important. And, and I think can be a no cost solution for a leader to imbue a sense of responsibility to a, a younger member of a team. But, but it was that person that saw that in you. And I heard that from Janie too, that allowed you to be responsive. And that's what my definition of a responsibility is the ability to respond. Mm-hmm which that person, that person, whoever that was, whether they were conscious of it or not, essentially made you more than you were. Mm-hmm. Probably in that very moment. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's something about that opening up the, the possibility in someone's mind. And I love how you said it, Janie, the past to see like you didn't know the, the, what that forward trajectory was and somebody sort of laid that out in a, in a guiding kind of way of this is what could be. And I yeah. think it's that invitation to that, that option that lets us step into that role as an agent and as a, as a leader in that, in that way of taking charge and ownership and, and moving forward. So I'm curious, uh, for those people that are listening and watching, if there's some inkling inside yourself about leadership, what do each of you recommend people do? In other words, what comes to mind for me is kind of everybody needs a coach, right? Coaching is definitely good. I think the thing that came to mind immediately for me is is raise your hand and and volunteer to do things mm. you know when when there's an opportunity to do something and i'm not talking about necessarily a job or anything else but you've i'm sure you know people find themselves in in situations all the time where somebody needs to take responsibility to get something done and, you know, maybe it's a family dinner, maybe it's a work situation, whatever. Um, but if you want to develop those leadership aspects in yourself, you can start by just saying, yes, I'll do it. Even if I don't really know how, trusting that you can figure it out with maybe a coach you know, and some guidance or YouTube <laughs> something. But, um, but yeah, raise your hand just take that step and jump in. I'm sure I was going to say anybody else, but I know. Michelle or Abigail, what would you say? Sure. Yeah. So at Karen Leadership Strategies, we host uh, weekend leadership adventures and pair that with leadership coaching in a professional membership um, platform. So that's what's called Crux Society. And on a crux adventure, these weekend leadership adventures, you get a chance to practice different competencies. And mm-hmm. one of the things that stands out that we do at every crux adventure is storytelling. So getting practicing telling your story, who you Love are. And yeah. what I was gonna say outright is using your voice, asking questions. But I think that communication piece and getting your 
tell your story, practice telling it in different ways, get feedback on it and, um, and know yourself enough to, to let it evolve too over time. Know yourself, tell that story and let it evolve over time. Michelle, I know you have some tasty advice. <laughs> well, I, um, I lead a team of about 24 people Good Lord. at, um, <laughs> on a, uh, at a hotel on the Las Vegas strip. So in, uh, and as, uh, as a concierge supervisor. So I am constantly having things thrown at me. And um, I think just, you know, giving the opportunity to my team to be a hero. So I know that there's, there's cases where they have to come to me for approval and things. But when I say, yes, you can do that, you know, you can handle it. Go ahead and tell the guests that we're going to do that for them, but you be the hero and you let them know that you're doing it for them. Um, I think giving them that, you know, that freedom to be able to make decisions on their own and coming up with ideas and thinking outside the box. And that only helps me so that I don't have to do it yep. is that, um, but it's giving them that confidence that they're like, yeah, I could do this. I do this every time, all the day, all day. It's, I think it's important just to, to have your team know that you're there for them to support, but that they can do it and they've got this. Nice. Well, I want to make sure just cause I'm coming up against another meeting, but, uh, but I really want to make sure that, um, each of you let everybody know how to get in touch with you. So, and I'll, and uh, like I said, I'll be sending something out. So it'll all be in writing and the podcast and everything, but what's the best way to get in touch with you, Janie? The best way is probably email and you can find me at Janie, J-A-N-I at developyourteam.com. Develop your team, all one word. Mm-hmm. Michelle. You can probably reach me best at email as well. And it would be um, Michelle Love, LV for Las Vegas, at ah. gmail.com. Nice. Abigail. You can reach me by homing pigeon. So just be sure that you're clear on. You must be a uh, Harry, po Harry Potter fan. <laughs> of course. So. Uh, Abigail at cairnleadership.com, C-A-I-R-N, the stacked rocks that help you guide your way, cairnleadership.com. Nice. And glad that you're sharing this as well. Thanks, John. Oh, and I wish we had more time. I, I, Janie, I feel like this could, you know, could be a little bit of a beginning. And, it, well, you know, if you guys... we'll do this again. <laughs> I would like to. I always like to kind of get deep deep into it a little bit deeper than just shallow. And, uh, you know, so I feel like we're just getting, getting to it before, before I had to go anyway. Well, thank you. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to just share and talk. <laughs> I have an intense desire to take in my own leadership with all this stuff or whatever is to, is to start. Um, I do not want to call it a men's group but I want to start working with some men. 
All right, good. Well, thank you so much for being here. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing this again. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you all. And anybody can get in touch with us at whathasmyattention.com. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Thank you.